We are here with my teenage 15-year-old friend <laughs> who is now an adult and has created- <laughs> You went to the zero. ball together. You, was, yeah. you went to the ball together. She made me look good. As and friends. Yeah, and then as she, mates. And then she moved on to better, bigger and better, better things. things. <laughs> and, you uh, got married. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> Two and kids. And founder of Zero to Hero. Yeah. So we, what do we hit on mainly, Ash? What were some of the big points? We hit some amazing points, to be honest. But we hit. Uh, so we talked a lot about mental health and well-being. Yep. Um, spoke a lot about Zero to Hero and the work we're doing with young people. Yep. And then we also spoke a little bit about suicide and, and suicide prevention. Yep. Um, so the content here could be a little bit triggering. So please make sure you're supported in listening to this. Uh, mm-hmm. We would never have thought to do that. That's yeah. Nice. But, you know, what, yeah. We, See, this is what we do talk about in this podcast, um, you know, can be upsetting, especially for those that have been touched by suicide or, or contemplated suicide themselves. Yep. So please make sure when you're listening, you're, you're doing so in a, a place where you're supported. That's a great, that is a great form. Greatest disclaimer we've ever had. Uh, yeah, way better than anything. Maybe we should just do that with any episode. We've yeah. just put that on repeat. So. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's get into it. Let's get hard. Let's get hard. Welcome to Hard Yarns Podcast. I am fucking fat. <laughs> anything Chris White says, please disregard it. 5D is actually a state of being. It's a unity consciousness. That was Hard Yarns with me, Frankie Rose. So I'm going to throw it over to your co-hosts. Daniel Jelby and Cameron Brand. I would do this and then I'd gong. <laughs> Free in attendance for the millions listening at home. <laughs> Let's get home. <laughs> I wore West Perth shorts. Yeah. I was at Frio today, so. Where? Hey, what are we doing? Secret, mate. Oh, <laughs> uh, beautiful. Hey, before we get into uh, our guest, yeah, Daniel, congratulations. Yeah, uh, first, two, two things to congratulate. Yeah, 100 episodes. Yeah, well Fucking done. Well done. Good stuff. Outstanding. Well done. Thank yeah. you. 100 episodes, Ash. 100 episodes. Ash you know. here. She's been here the whole time. <laughs> she's, she's a big part of this, Achievement. man. Achievement. Um, Her heartbreak has forced me into a, a, a lifetime of seeking. <laughs> Um, single, what's the word? Sinking uh, other people's, um, what's the word when you say approval? Approval? Yeah, 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 yeah. perfect. And then uh, secondly, Daniel quits his job tomorrow. What? Mm. Yep, last day. Yeah. This is exciting. How, no, how are you No feeling? job, no job. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, Full-time comedy. Nah, yeah, full-time comedy, full-time weddings. Love it. Uh, full-time event. MC and full time freestyle rap. Nice. Would you believe it? <laughs> I love it. So, That's so good. He's, yeah. he's, he's worried about being the 40 year old white rapper. Yeah. Well, I, I 34 year old white rapper <laughs> yeah, yeah. at the moment. <laughs> yeah. However, yeah, everything's been going so well with weddings, comedy, mm. and um, rapping. Yeah. Which is so weird to say, yeah. That, mm. um, I'm, I've pretty, I pretty much doubled my income as a teacher yeah. with, with it. So. I need time. I'm fucking exhausted, man. My eyes hurt. Like, yeah. My sleep's been fucked. Um, so I should just stop pingers, but working, <laughs> working is, um, yeah. Nah, it's, mate, it's very, very proud of you. Yeah. It's uh, considering, I think- Can you imagine if I just flop like next year? I'm like, <laughs> what's happening in March? Oh, I'm back teaching. <laughs> uh, oh, mate, it's Relate. like, that's not a bad, yeah, it's, not a, it's not a bad thing and it's not like something to be um, disappointed with if it happens, but yeah. I think, uh, I, I think he's, you're going to be fine. Yeah, fingers so. crossed. Have well you done, been, mate. Have you ever been to any of my shows, Ash? 
You've never been out. You don't Smiling even know. Like sh- <laughs> you don't even know if I'm any good. I can't even lie. Yeah. No, I, I haven't, Delby. But, but you I've are heard a busy. You're, you're as busy I've heard as you're me. good. And you I've only busy. ever been to one comedy show. To be perfectly really? honest, in your yeah. whole life. Well, yeah. Well, wow. no, I maybe went to one with work when I was younger. Oh, jeez. Um, but I've been to one, and it was only recently, and it was to to view a comedy act that we were going to host at a charity ball. Who was to it? Check they were funny and appropriate. Who was it? Um, that was the three music. Uh, Sons of Fred. Sons, Sons of, Fred. of Fred. Yeah, they're great. Did yeah. you get them? Yeah, we got them. Yeah, they're yeah. awesome. Yeah. Perfect. They 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 made ninety five percent of the room laugh and five percent were offended. But yeah, that's every standard comedy. Five percent. Who was offended but at the Sons of Fred? They, was it side <laughs> boob that they were offended over or side dick? There's a lot of dick um, yeah. conversation and um, <laughs> and there's, there's a lot of sexual innuendo. Of and course, they, it's there was a little bit of racism. Oh, no. which yeah, but that's all on Foxy on their third member. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm just I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, playing yeah, yeah, Switzerland yeah. right now. Yes, Switzerland. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. great. No. Yeah, but that's they're they're the comedy lounge's favourite act. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're and they were good, and they yeah. were good for some pre-dinner laughs and entertainment. Although, before you introduce me, I had to then do a speech after it to raise some funds for suicide prevention, and, and because we were <laughs> because <laughs> <It's> the, <laughs> the opposites, we were yeah. a little bit behind schedule, so it was literally Sons of Fred finished, and I was tapped on the shoulder. You're up. Uh, and all right, like, you guys ready for a good time? <laughs> and like everyone's in stitches, belly laughing, like crying, and I was just out there, and I now do a lot of speaking. Oh fuck! So I'm standing on stage. That's what I was uh, thinking. Yeah. And I was like, I. I I literally cannot talk about suicide right now. Like it is the worst time to talk about what I am here to talk about. Yeah. And so the only thing I knew to do was to have them do some. Well, could you imagine it being the other way around? You come up and do a whole speech about suicide prevention. Then are you guys ready to dance? There's no real. It was hard. There was supposed to be a 20 minute buffer in Uh, between them and me. Yeah. And then I got on and I, you know, and I have a tendency to, you know, hit it, hit people where it hurts and this is, you know, yeah. real and this is what's happening and this is what we do and the work we do and this is why you should support it. And how did you how did you manage that little So we did some I did some mindfulness. So I had a ballroom of corporates put their hand on their heart and their hand on the chest and breathe and get centered wow. and grounded and nice. and then you could it was not in like I was like literally up there fighting for life. Like yeah, how am I going to Ironically make this work? talking about suicide. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're fighting yeah, for you. Yeah, no fun. Well yeah. that's so, actually a good little uh, way segue. to sort of lead into it. Yeah, yeah it's a good segue. Um, so you're the CEO mm. or the uh, founder. original founder. Yeah what founder title now, do you have CEO. Now? Yeah, CEO. Yeah, CEO. Yeah. CEO. Yeah. Well, I can get fired now, so oh. yeah. of your own company? Well it's a charity. So we have a board and like Get performance reviews and operate oh. under a contract. All right, and, wow. we better yeah. we better not get her fired. <laughs> but she can hire people, so I'm looking for a I job. Can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, zero to hero. Yeah, let, uh, let's hear the story of how it all yeah. sort of come together because uh, it's it's a big part of our podcast. Yeah. I'd say sixty to seventy of the hundred episodes have really probably heavily touched on mental health, yeah. and um, and it's it's always an ongoing thing that me and Delby have both sort of gone through our own little individual things. So yeah, yeah, and we're just two. Idiots, yeah, and you're the professional yeah. now. So now we've got someone who can <laughs> actually give real yeah. advice. I don't know. I've definitely got a fair dose of idiot in me. That's for sure. Well, that's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Zero to Hero is a mental health charity. So we work in um, all across the state with young people predominantly. Um, and it was a charity that started in 2008 after I lost my stepdad Graham to suicide. Um, and I think when you're impacted, or not when I think, not I think, I I know when you go through losing someone to suicide. Um, there's two questions I asked myself was 
how did I miss that and why did he do that? Mm. Um, and fortunately now I understand a lot more about why he did that and also how I missed that and I decided quite quickly after that I needed to do something about it and I was 20 at the time and 21 when I hosted my first fundraiser and for four years I've hosted lots of fundraisers and started lots of conversation about mental health and um, that was okay but just a conversation about mental health wasn't going to change enough of the culture and enough of what we're seeing with young people and seeing in our country and community around anxiety and depression and the rates of suicide Mm. in climbing Um, and I learnt one statistic that rings true why we do what we do with young people today and that's that 75% of mental health problems emerge before the age of 25 and 50% before the age of 15. Wow. And I've known Delby since we were kids. and 14 or something? Yeah, and being teenagers was hard then and it's way harder now. Um, Mm. And if we're not giving our young people the skills they need to navigate this really complex and stressful world, then we're going to keep seeing the rates of suicide that we're seeing. So... Um, in 2012, where I took Zero to Hero to uh, working in education and working with young people and took that sort of fundraising event model into high schools. Um, and, yeah, we've been working there. How the did last. you How did you find getting into high schools? Because it's notoriously difficult and budget cuts are nuts. Mm. So to try and get any program going, yeah. what did you do and how did you get in? Yeah, so Zero to Hero don't get any government funding, so that includes education department funding, um, which I suppose is a a blessing and a curse. Um, And it's a blessing in the fact that we have autonomy with what we deliver and who we deliver it to. And for the first few years, we could only just keep up with the demand of our programs. And it's only been recently that we've had enough resources or essentially raised enough funds that we can deliver a lot more and promote what we're delivering a lot more. Um, But how did we get into the school system? Our programs are cool and they work and schools wanted us there. Um, And we very fortunately have some incredible corporate and individual donors and support and our events are highly effective and we raise a lot at them. So, um, yeah, we've got enough funds to now deliver programs. We worked in 185 schools this year and, and impacted um, nearly 27,000 students. That's so, awesome. Wow. Yeah, so it's pretty huge. And we do that with a really small team. And, um, yeah, and then we run camps for students all across the state. But everything we do is around to, is around educating and then also empowering mental health heroes in the community um, and teaching young people how to prevent suicide because – we know you can have the best teachers in the world. Delby's proof of that, right? Thanks, Ash. Probably, can that's we sound like that? That's nice. That's the nicest thing that Ash has probably ever said about me. So I think that's definitely we'll the that. nicest thing I've yeah, ever said about you. We'll get that. Yeah. Well, she can't com- comment on my comedy with that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so with kids then, I guess, uh, trying to help them deal with that sort of stuff or maybe teaching them about the impacts that, that perhaps yeah. they're, yeah, they're it, bullying, that, that yeah. sort of stuff can have on other people as is well. It like, self, is it self skills or looking out or both? Both. Yeah. yeah so we start with self because you need to start with self and we teach young people to put the oxygen mask on themselves. So once you're okay, then you can support others. But if all we can get to is you being okay, then that's enough. So teaching them how to understand their emotions, regulate their emotions, access help before there's an issue. Um, And I think, you know, I think a lot of the the mental health system in our country is a little backwards. You know, we go for dental checkups, we go for health checkups, but we never go for mental health checkups. 
So yeah. we wait until we're at the point of crisis to get help. Yeah. And mm. that's causing a lot of the issue because what could be, um, a, you know, minor feelings of anxiousness become a full-blown anxiety disorder that then is medicated in our current system and yeah. same with depression and, and same with other other mental health issues. So, What do you, what do you think is – and we're going to go all over the place because I sort of just ask questions and mm. I remember and we'll link back and it'll make sense, but – what do you think is the main <clears> – <throat> I know it's hard to put a main cause on, but if you compare when we were growing up, mm. where we didn't have social media to get that excess pressure, Instagram mm. for the, for the um, expectations of what you're supposed to look like, um, I, won't, I wouldn't say – probably maybe family structure was starting to change as we were teenagers. Before that, it was kind of a pretty solid family structure, but now I'm being – but even then, social us. conditioning was still a factor, but obviously not as heightened as yeah, what it is now. Yeah, but so many like single-parent families, FIFO families, mm. what have you found to be the most common um, indicator or common factor that's putting all the extra pressures on, or if I just named it for? Mm. No, I mean... Because <sighs> parenting's huge. It's, yeah, I mean, you're asking... There's not one yeah. silver bullet to solve this issue. There's a breakdown in family structures. There's a lack of parents spending time with young people and that's from a very young age yeah. to young people just aren't even getting the food that they need. To, Big time. Like, so nutrition's up. off, sunshine is off. So, yeah. you know, we're slip-slop slapping and we've become so good at it that we've now got a vitamin D, D deficiency, deficiency yeah. and then <laughs> vitamin D is needed for serotonin. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't get vitamin D, you don't get serotonin and then all of your chemicals are off. So your dopamine oxytocin, serotonin and, and what was it you need right? to absorb the That's, vitamin D vitamin B12 it, or vitamin C I was going to say you, it's, it's all you need, like you need um, the balance vitamin C is like that kind of helps you absorb everything, I think. Yep. So that's iron and stuff as well. So you've got the family structure, you've got a lack of nutrition, you've got a lack of nature outdoors and you've got a massive increase social media use and that's causing an addiction in the brain. So we've got children addicted to social media and your brain doesn't know whether it's addicted to cocaine or social media. Oh, mine does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Both. <laughs> I think I've tested it on lab rap. Yeah. Lab rap. Doing cocaine while on social media. <laughs> Not a no. good combo. Yeah. Not a good combo. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's a huge, huge range of issues. And then you've also got, you know, one of the probably biggest differences between when we were at school versus a young person at school today is we had MySpace was kind of coming out. Yeah, boy. Right? Yeah. Like we yeah. had your top 10 friends and yeah. whatever. Fuck, yeah, yeah. that caused um, me anxiety when people didn't have me <laughs> as a top eight or picking the right top 10. And you didn't have your uh, – and you had your song. Yeah, that was bro. It. Yeah, people yeah, didn't yeah. Like you had song. your song and then yeah. you created a little avatar yep. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so <laughs> – Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> we, we digress. We yeah. digress. So I think the issue is, you know, back then you finished school at three, yeah. three ten, and you went home and you'd rest and you'd process and you'd reflect and what worked well that day, what didn't work well, you'd actually have downtime. Yeah. And now they don't get downtime. So then we've got all of this fueling a sleep crisis. We've mm. got young people literally putting their phone down at midnight mm. and then their brain's still wired till 2am and then they're up again at six or seven. So there's a sleep deficiency that they can never catch up on. So it's just so much I'm more going through right now. Sorry. As an adult. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like you need, it is you need so your much. phone to be off, any device to be off two hours before bed. Otherwise, you need to de de decrease your sleep oh, by two hours. Well, it's one to two hours, depending yeah. on the brain. I but. definitely empathise with that as an adult. Mm. But just, um, even not just at night, at the end of a full day, if I've all I've been doing is my job is social yeah. media for a mm. few clients. Like, if that's all I've been doing, and especially on my phone, I feel very like uh, uncentered yeah mm. like off balance off. yeah just off so 
I, I can imagine, especially kids, and like I have to, I have to be careful with my daughter. You know what? Even not just social media, just like the the iPad before bed yeah. and stuff. Do you like mean that. the babysitter? The, the iPad. iPad is the babysitter, and yeah. I be, yeah. I'm becoming more conscious of it. So this morning, for example, I tried to make sure, like when she woke up, we played hide and seek or, mm. instead of. Hey, I'm gonna quickly go get all your clothes and stuff ready. Here's the mm. iPad. Um, yeah. I just sort of did it as she was hiding. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, little things like that. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm getting more. IPad. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd make her go hide. I'd go get her bag packed, and then I'd find her. Anyway, yeah. I digress. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm becoming so conscious of that mm. as a factor in addiction. I don't want her to get addicted yeah. to that, and then I have to try and wean off that. And that because what we're finding right is. Gambling as an uh, gaming as an addiction with a, as a kid becomes gambling as an adult. Like I never gamed then, when I was a kid. I love gambling as an adult. Mm. Well, see, I, yeah. did, I did a bit of yeah, gambling. Yeah, but yours is more of a. Did you? Yeah. What si- did you play? Sims and Age of Empires. Did you? Age of Empires. Humans yeah. and world domination. Yeah. Anything to avoid studying, but Fuck. that was also a stress relief for me as a teenager. Was yeah, yeah was that stuff? Snake mm. was. I was huge on snake. Oh yeah. Always played with Tetris my snake in high good. school. You could say Tetris. Still do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how do we? How do you deal with initially? Uh, so what's the first point of call? Is it uh, trying to address the, I guess the things that contribute to anxiety, depression, these sorts of things, or do you go, or do you uh, put a bigger, stronger focus on dealing with those anxieties that are undoubtedly going to occur? Yeah. So the first first area that we focus on is basic education. So Mm. young people need to understand their brain, need to understand how it works. And then we move into, okay, how do we engage them in a conversation? So we've got um, an eight-week resilience building program for grade fives and sixes that uses running as a vehicle. So they learn how to run four kilometres and they develop their resilience. They develop their resilience over the eight weeks. There's a different mental health module each week. And then the common goal is how do I run 4Ks? Is that that because it's a hard task and they figure out how to do it? And they learn goal setting, they learn stamina, they learn setbacks, they learn internal dialogue, um, mindset. So nothing, yeah, so that's not... Yeah, that's yeah, cool because it's learn. not quite – It's like you doing your ultra. <laughs> yeah, 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 by accident. Yeah. <laughs> it can, I mean, when you look at mental health education, there's only so long you want to sit there and look at some brain scans mm. and theory, right? Mm. And young people hate theory. Yeah. <laughs> mm. They hate it. Yep. So we use running for that. We're working on a program. Um, we run a program with the Fremantle Dockers, top secret I was telling you about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's an eight-week program again because it fits within a school term nicely because you shave off the first week and shave off the last week because oh, yeah. of the way the terms work. Yep. Um, and that one is using AFL as a as an anchor, right? Sick. And so there's Pardon AFL the pun coaching. With the dockers. Yeah. <laughs> I know I've obviously been in too many of the yeah. branding sessions. Um, and so you use AFL. <laughs> you use players. You use um, you know players that have experienced injury or you know being dropped from a list and how they've overcome that. And that program is the eight pillars of well-being. So we look at um, rest and digest. We look at nutrition for a session. We look at strength-based leadership and self-awareness. We look at relationships and positive relationships and connections. So really breaking it all down in a really we're holistic as an organisation. So I think when we entered the scene, there was a lot of organisations that were quite clinical in nature Mm. and our work is definitely evidence-based, but it's delivered in a way that young people want to engage and that's why it works and that's why it's growing. Year fives to year eights, how do you get them engaged in mental health? But that seems like it would be fun for them to do. Mm. So they don't feel like they're learning this boring topic mm. about school, they've got a cool unit where they're like, right, we're going to run 4Ks. Yeah. Um, and we use movement a lot. So even in our camp programs, we run different 
um, streams of our Camp Hero program and one is our mental health leadership program, right? And so we take 40 young leaders from across the state. So any one camp will have students from Panawanika or Christmas Island or Headland or down south. Wheat Belt and all over Perth Metro. Is that and high risk areas that you focus so on? So this is our this is a leadership program. So yep. that we just take students that apply, yep. and so we'll usually have about eighty students apply for forty positions. And if they don't get in the first time, we'll help them teach you know, resilience. Well, exactly, and yeah. usually they don't get in the first time. We'll work with them um, on how to how you to. Should deliberately improve. not get them in the first time and it, force them to. <laughs> <laughs> part of part of this, well, some of them. That's part, part of, of their the journey, right? Yeah. Is you don't get everything you want, and I think that's part of the issue with the lack of resilience that young people are facing today. Is yeah. we're giving out prizes for participation. And, oh, so you what's know, your view on that? I mean, you don't have to say your professional view, or you can do. No, 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 it, no, yeah. no it doesn't work. Would attribute yeah. to it a bit of it doesn't work because right? everyone's expect something. For exactly, fucking exactly. So my daughter won't clean the room unless I pay her two dollars. Now, yeah. like it's ridiculous, and we can't have students and. And then, because the flip side of that is students entering entering the workforce are in their twenties or thirties, and they just think they're going to get a pay rise every year. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, and you know what? You don't get to enter the workforce on a hundred grand. <clears throat> yeah, that's, oh, that's well. not life. Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> WA has been a little bit. <laughs> my uh, my daughter complains when the iPad buffers, mm. huh. and that really just make that really reflects to me not just her but broader society. She wants that instant like. Yeah, 100%. Oh, it's been buffering for. Three seconds. Yeah, this is not happening. Which That's is why, just, which is why TikTok sense. is so bad for the brain because mm-hmm. it's designed to addict because they're bite-sized chunks mm-hmm. and it's quick, quick, quick. And you have a look at the designers of these social media. So even the scroll, I was in a, I was in a social media training, mm-hmm. and the scroll was created. So Zuckerberg got someone in to create the scroll, and it was created by the guy that did the slot machines. Yes. Oh. So even that is it's designed to just you doing right? that made yeah. it look like thumbs up. Like that, yeah, scoop. that was like that was subconsciously <laughs> you're like yes, this is great, this is great. That yeah. was in the social dilemma, I think. I it might have been in that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I've, I've seen that. Yeah, but I've heard the mm. same thing. It was it was designed to keep you addicted. It was yes. a, a serotonin release. Yeah, so it will slowly drip the serotonin yeah. and yeah. dopamine. Something so could be dopamine. happening. The yeah. next it's true. One, it's the next true. I never used to watch reels, and I deliberately don't because. If I start on reels, I'll just get stuck, man, mm. for like 40 minutes. And I'm like, what are you doing? And then I'm like, no, nah, I'm enjoying this. Yeah. But it's a, it's a rabbit hole of just time wasting. It's enjoyable, but like, fuck, it's like 15 second clips. And did you see yeah. what they've done with the refresh? So the refresh, actually, you pull down and let go like – like, like a, a slot thing. machine. So like a slot machine. So yeah. it's like, oh, wow. everything I've just seen is a bit boring, but maybe if I refresh, the next one's going to be good. It's a genuine and addictive Wow. If you have a thing. look at dopamine production, right? though, humans are wired to be addicted. <laughs> so there's the, the risk-reward or, you know, yeah. dopamine. You, so they've done studies with lab rats, yeah. right, where they pressed a dopamine button mm-hmm. and the lab rats literally kept pressing it until they died. Mm. Because you get become so addicted, and they've they've um, they've connected humans to it, right? And they ended up pressing this button three hundred times in an hour or so. It was a really interesting. I think they had um, Amy Winehouse and Whitney Houston on it as well. Just, <laughs> so this is why I have so been dopamine, into your comedy yeah. shows, mate. Like that right there. So <laughs> dopamine is what is released. It's um, the addiction. Yeah, the addiction isn't that hormone. like a. A, it's an evolutionary response to keep us alive. So the things that make us feel good are generally the things going to yeah, keep so us alive. Yeah, so dopamine keeps you motivated. So it's what gets you out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. Oxytocin has you fall in love. So it's designed so you don't 
you know, oh, kill your children when they're crying in the middle of the night. I need some more oxytocin. Or, 30 you know, years so that, okay. that, And it's the same release when you get puppy dogs or kittens mm-hmm. or whatever. So that's the love hormone. Then you've got the um, you've got serotonin and you've got endorphins. So endorphins are natural pain relief and then serotonin is a happy hormone. And we need all of them in balance. When one is out of balance, then the others are compromised. What happened with that um, human trial? They pressed it 300 times and stopped it. Or they stopped the trial, yeah, yeah. Because people were just People probably would have died. Because you, wow. you, you starve the brain of, of – so dopamine That's takes amazing. a lot for the brain to produce. And so if they – continued than like the lab rats they, yeah. yeah and that's what's happening with social media <laughs> i feel like this <laughs> i'm so i'm so really, um, well yes and uh, but you know what it's not like throw it out because social media also has you benefits, know you and yeah. i probably wouldn't be in the job we're in i've yes. run a social media company yeah. for many years prior to zero to hero and tiktok's helping our podcast oh, tic- amazingly <laughs> yeah, <it is>. TikTok <laughs> i'm not on because i just don't have time Dude, for that we shit. we <laughs> Uh, we have that to thank for our numbers going. Yeah. So it has some greats, right? But so. what we need to then do is, especially with young people, so there's the the teenage brain goes through lots of different processes. I don't you know if you remember being a teenager, but it's not just hard physically, socially and mentally. Um, and the brain goes through, you know, I was talking before about pruning. You literally shed half of your memories when you're a teenager to prepare for what's next. Uh, so people that, that was pre-pod. Um, chat. Yeah. So we might have to talk about pre- I'll talk about that yeah, in yeah, a minute. And then, um, oh, what was I just going to say then? It was going to be really important. Oh, shit. Sorry. Well done, Del. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I just Talking about like... pruning and then the, oh, the beta system. Yeah. So, um, so the GABA system, sorry. So this is the breaking system in the brain. So it's what you and I would use so that we don't, well, Delby probably doesn't work properly because <laughs> Delby damaged his as a teenager. I never drank or partied when I was a teenager. I knew it you wasn't as a teenager, mate. You definitely drank. No, only, um, only from 18. <laughs> legit, I did barely drank or party because I was trying to play AFL. What a crock of shit. Like, no, I barely drank. I, I barely did. I was trying to play AFL until I hit 18 and my body fell apart. And your 18th where I did this on my hand. Is that my birthday? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Caused a lot of carnage, hey. So what's what's yeah. so Gropa? the Garba Garba? Jesus, talking about Delby as a kid. Yeah, like, sorry, uh, sorry, guys, sorry. Come on. So it's the breaking system in the ba- um, brain. So it stops working for teenagers, so they can go through puberty. Okay. So during those years, in order to hit puberty, the braking system in the brain stops working. It then comes back online when you're 17, 18, right? Do you mean so braking you is in telling you to stop Yeah, doing so it things? tells you not to do things. Yeah, because so your you, frontal lobe takes yeah, over. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's the so the reptilian oh. part of the brain takes over and the complex mm. thinking's not working. Mm. So as a teenage boy, it's what would tell you as an adult now, don't jump from the roof of the house into the pool. Mm. Depends who or you know. Exactly <laughs> that's what I said. I said yours isn't working. Yeah. Right? However, as a teenager, the the brain didn't do that because it stopped working. So it's a really risky time to be introducing drugs, alcohol or anything addictive because the brain doesn't know when to stop. Whereas an ad- as an adult, our brain's functioning, most of us, a little bit better. Yeah. And then we go, well, actually, we've got work at 7am tomorrow. It's now midnight. TikTok needs to go. Yeah, I think Whereas I've done a that teenager. in reverse. As a teen, <laughs> I was quite sensible. Mm. As an adult, I'm like, i got work at 7. I'll get home by 6. Go teach kids. No, I'll uh, Interestingly, though, you were probably very driven as a teenager with a big goal yeah. that kept you on track. Yeah, yeah and, to play And now it's, now it's changed. Yeah, well, now I think um, a lot of circumstances have changed. But something, I don't know, I'll ask you as an adult, uh, fully grown female, because you always had your head screwed on. I feel like we're quite similar <laughs> as teenagers. You had your head screwed on. Oh, I don't know. You did. <laughs> you, you always knew what was going on. 
But um, did you find that uh, after maybe 23, 24, when you drank, did you feel a different kind of drunk to when you were younger? Like I feel like when I was maybe 18, if I'd had mm. – Four would four twelve percent drinks. I would be like my head would be spinning as a teenager. Swirling, yeah, like eighteen, nineteen. Because and again, one or two times when I drank underage, it would be like everything was spinning and completely swelling. But as an adult, no matter how much I drink now, I hit a level where I'm like, okay, I'm drunk, and it doesn't go like that. And I feel like mm. that's because my brain has fully developed and it's not swishing around. Did you ever? Did you feel a difference in? being drunk as an adult or being drunk younger or did that not really happen for you? Well, I think there's two answers to that question. One is your liver doubles in size. Mm. So the more you drink, the more you can handle. So the then less it takes. So the, the more you drink, the that. more it takes. So your liver can actually grow, right? So after I had my kids and breastfed and I breastfed for ever um i did feel myself getting tipsy or drunk quite easily after that because i'd gone so long without it and my Mm. body was so cleansed because i just wasn't eating crap food and drinking yeah um whereas as a teenager i probably did get that but i was also a bit of a lightweight i don't know if you remember um (laughs) but yeah 18 19 20 it it didn't i probably did i was able to drink more then but I don't know, I still probably get the, the fogginess that you're talking about. Yeah, if, if I go to – if it depends what I'm drinking. So I've made the um, I've made the decision that I can't drink white wine. It disagrees <laughs> with my DNA. Like it, Some things do. White wine, which like, – and it's and you watch uh, – my family won't listen to this podcast, but you watch <laughs> the women in my family, white wine does not agree with any mm, of them. Okay. It's super aggro. Aggro? Yeah, like – like next level, you remember me, Agro. Yeah. Like next level, yeah. yeah. So white wine, no good. Champagne, I can handle. Spirits, I just don't touch anymore. I don't know why we ever did. Really, it just I burns. I love spirits. No, I can't do it. Spirit, can't do I'm it. a spirit cooker. It, uh, it's it wouldn't have a great effect on your like mental health drinking in general though, would it? Just like as in. Uh, well, for example, alcohol is a depressant. Yeah, so like uh, on the weekend, I had a sizable weekend. I don't mm. do it too often, but then when I have a big one, it really hurts. And then for like two yeah. days after, I didn't only feel like shit. I just I felt depressed. Yes, hundred percent. Run down and just like, now nah, like disappointed with myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and that's, upset. That's, the, that's the alcohol, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's a depressant. So is that something? Is it? It's a downer. Are these things that we uh, talk to kids about as well? Avoiding. Oh, look, we don't touch too much on drugs and alcohol because there's only so much you can cover. But Mm -hmm. there's some really great educators in that space. There's Paul Dillon who does the the school rounds. Um, We teach more around understanding self and understanding your own core values and what supports you. And we'll do more from the understanding your goals and your vision and Mm. your purpose and then to make decisions that support that. I feel that's Because I think if you come from the place of don't do this – you they want to do it more. So this yeah. is more, this, your program's de- definitely based more around prevention. Well-being. And yeah, well-being. we're about health promotion, well-being, yeah. less about let's talk about disease and issues. And it just doesn't work for – I, mean, makes- I remember in high school we got taught how to make a safe bong. Did you? Like, 100%. Where'd they you said, go to school? I went to Wanneroo. We never learned that. <laughs> Greenwood. We had a class. Who was teaching you? Just your mates? No, I think or was it was it like, like an external person come in and they said, really? go to joint venture, get a fiberglass one, don't use cans, don't use bottles, don't use hoses because they release these chemicals. We're sitting there in class going, Thank you. are we at school right now? I was, and I, That's I don't remember it, but I also think they wouldn't. it wouldn't be legal now. I'd be on the front cover of the uh, West yeah, Australian. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? For kids that that was relevant for, yeah. that worked. 
That's Whereas so progressive. Whereas for other kids, we were just, we found it funny. Like, yeah. I wasn't a stoner. Like, we just found that really funny. I know a lot of Greenwood stoners. So that was probably... <laughs> Actually, there was more kids that I knew at Marta Day that did drugs than probably Greenwood and Wanneroo combined. I would say that my private schools... <laughs> I feel like do, this podcast is going to end up in a lawsuit. Hey? No, not at all. <laughs> no, just your anec- anecdotal That's anecdotal. Yeah. Anecdotal. Yeah, but yeah. just from my friendship group. Mm. Um, but I was going to say, Ash, I'm so impressed that you've gone from... What, what were you thinking of doing before Zero to Hero? Because <laughs> losing your stepdad was, uh, seems like it's been a monumental... Um, shift in your life goals yeah, and your 100%. life path because what were you doing before that happened and how have you educated yourself from then to now because that's 13 years worth of knowledge that you picked up yeah I've done a lot so I haven't studied psychology I studied business at uni um so what was I going to do before running what, a charity we would have been what two years out of high school in, in yeah so I was a real estate agent <laughs> for real <laughs> for real yeah um so I was a real estate agent and then were I was successful I was all right. I just uh, – I one of my core values is authenticity and I just found it was really hard to sell shit. And, I like, naturally I could market it and design mm. the brochures and do the – But you didn't you know, feel copy. right? But I was like, I just can't get excited about houses. And yeah. I've just never been financially motivated, much to the dismay of my husband. Because um, <laughs> is I he just, real estate now? No, or? no, no. He's just like – He just wants to be financially of, like, motivated. Money's the scoreboard, goals, yeah. goals, goals. That's and right. I am like – yeah. I like freedom. I like choices. I like Money gives life. You yeah, that's what he says. But I would rather, and you know what? You, you get paid in different ways. And right now, like I could have made a lot more money if I'd gone the corporate route, which mm-hmm. I was looking at. I was studying business and, you know, I could do what I do right now and apply it to a corporate or mining sense and mm. I'd earn a shitload. Mm. But at what cost? Mm. So I get to go to bed every night feeling fulfilled and I wake up feeling motivated and I'd much rather that than being on a lot of money and, um, yeah, yeah. That's all the dopamine, waking up motivated. Yeah, yeah all the dopamine and, all the the serotonin, and the oxytocin. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm really lucky to do what I do with Zero to Hero because I've got two small children and, um, you know, I have the flexibility in my role um, and my girls get to see me doing something I love and they've seen me facilitate camps and That's cool. they've been into the bush and um, I get to trek every year with corporates and we get to unplug off our phones. And well, let's yeah, talk about the cool. trek because the mm. what's it, it's called Camp to Hero? The Cape to Cape, Cape, Cape trek. To Cape? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I so saw you posting that. It's pretty cool. How many kilometres is it? 135 k's in How five days. Did, oh, he did 80 and one. It's the same, yeah. tra- it's the same <laughs> spot. He's a, he's is it? Yeah. Oh. It's the same spot. I just, I only did 80 of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happened with the last, last? I, well, you, do, you don't do Cape to Cape. You just go to, from. Uh, Cape to Augusta. Uh, <laughs> Cape to Graystown. Yeah. It's, it's in that area. Yeah. Right. It's that yeah. So coast. we do this with corporates and. No, I couldn't do 80 Ks in one day. Like I probably could have done – we do 30 to 40 Ks in a day. Um, and, yeah, it depends on your physical ability. It's just a beautiful – it's a beautiful uh, coastline as well. Like everything's just – Yeah. So or walking. You had yeah, the little sticks. Yeah, or walking <laughs> uh, if you want the sticks. Did you have yeah. them? No. No? No, I did it pregnant actually. Really? Yeah. What a beast. Over five days did you say? Yeah, Was we do it, it over yeah. five yeah, some people do it over less, some people do it over more. Is Usually that a it's around eight days. Yeah, it's a big fundraiser. So it was a, a model. So one of our board members, Chris, um, came up with the idea of how do we 
mimic what we do on camp with young people mm. and how do we – a lot of what we do is teaching through challenge. Mm. So, you know, how do you overcome challenge? How do you fail forward? Um, and for us, the trek in our camp and the different um, challenges we manufacture on camp teach young people who they are in challenge. And that's really important for young people is to know that you're going to be challenged and life's going to suck sometimes, but you can't control the challenge. You can control who you are in that. Yeah. And then this was something we could do with corporate. So one trek – 30 people in your team, you've got a red team, a blue team, whatever team, you know, the race is kind of on. Um, But, you know, it's about finishing it together. And some people are at difficult physical abilities and then if someone gets blisters or problems with their shoes or whatever, it's how do we support that person and and, um, complete the trek. But it's hard. It's like trekking and and hard slog by day and then at night it's really great red wine and remedial massages and (laughs) sit-down dinners and spa baths and all sorts. It's it's luxury at night. So the trekkers pay. They pay $1,500 for it and then that's to pay for all the the expenses, accommodation, food and fun. And then – the they raise two grand each for the charity. So yeah. and that that would be resilience for them, mm. right? Because that really struck a chord before the resilient the whole resilience thing is kids have as a high school teacher no fucking resilience mm. man these days they lack so much resilience it's not even funny like the issues that they have I'm just thinking man when we were in high school it's suck it up or it's you know figure out a way to deal with it. But then the, f- the previous generation thought about us and that again. It's just progressively getting worse and it's only going to continue. Mm. But it's not their fault, but it's at the not same their fault. time. Yeah, we and seem to be removing that for the next generation because yeah. we don't want them to feel uncomfortable or yes. challenged like it's we gone do. so far the oh, way. And, yeah. Right, yeah, and you having kids see mm. the same thing. I see Scotty, my daughter, struggling to mm. do something and I'll help her. Oh, I don't. And I, oh. I don't. All, Why don't you like his daughter? I don't. <laughs> I don't all the time, but um, and I catch myself. I'm like, nah, fucking, she let her do this. Let yeah. her, like she's got yeah. to. And do it. It, look, it's a pain in the ass mm. when they're trying to sh- tie their shoelaces, and you've been there for ten minutes, or they want to do the buckle up on their seat. Mm. But if you if you keep saving them, you'll be saving them forever, oh, and yeah. you'll be washing their clothes at forty. Oh yeah, I, I can definitely my see. <laughs> well, I can definitely see my love for my daughter is becoming an issue. Mm. It's creating it's 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 setting her back yeah. in some ways of development I think and creating uh what we were just talking about before with like the uh, instant gratification. Yeah. Um 90% of the time I'm pretty good but it, when you give in and just say oh, okay yep here have it. Yeah. And then you're setting in the Yeah, and it's hard, right? And the the problem that You need know to do that, that resilience training, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know the problem is that we're all time poor. Mm. So, you know, you just you, – most of us are trying to survive each day. So whether it's the glass of wine when you get home or the beer or, you know, we're, we're mm-hmm. hungry, we're tired, we're time poor, and it's because we're just not creating enough time for our health and well-being. Isn't that – the universe works in very, very strange ways, Daniel, because this is the exact conversation I had with an interview today and um, – this topic came up with mm. an interview uh, for a job and I suggested that my time with my daughter and putting more time into her development and my family and mm. and all that is a, a large um, motivating factor for me not taking on weddings next year and mm. I don't want this job to, t- to take that same yeah. time up. I don't want to just rep- get rid of one thing that's taking a lot of time out of my 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 daughter's development, or and my friends and my mental health development, I guess. Um, 
and then just replace it with something else. Yeah. And I said that to them. Like, yeah, and what they say? But they completely understood. And yeah, I just said cool. this is that's if it's a position I would accept, it's something I would have to navigate and work through. Mm. Um, but it's it's like I said, it's funny how the universe um, happens, little, it little. works. You just said the exact same thing, and it's mm. just sort of double the message. Yeah, down. just like no, you it. need to take your time and and take on a lot less work and just. Be yeah, and it's hard. It's hard when you love what you do as well. Yeah. Because, but, you know, but then you've just got to weigh up. They're only young for so long and mm. before long they're at school full time. And, you know, yep. if you don't actually – zero to five is really crucial for little Is that your next program? Well. Zero to five? <laughs> uh, like that's, it's in the future strategy. <laughs> what, what's the youngest that you do? Is it f- yeah, for year five? Ten at this – ten years old. I guess that's yeah. probably the right time to start, right? Well, look, I um, I probably shouldn't put this out to the world because uh, I could steal it. But, you ooh. know, remember how Constable Care used to come and you'd yeah. go on the bus and you'd learn from Gerard the Giraffe? And yeah. I'd really love, like, the brain bus that comes to primary schools and you learn about brain health and neuroscience and, like, you feed the brain. And, Does like, this exist, really, this thing? Or no, you, no, this no, is your this, idea? This is my idea. That's a good I idea. Should, I should probably patent it, hey? Yeah. Um, yeah. Or oh, any I think, investors you know, listening? You can, you can look at, you know, the earlier we can get emotional understanding and emotional regulation and just any form of understanding in, the better we're going to be from a wellbeing perspective because then it doesn't become mental health is this woo-woo-wah-wah thing. It's like, well, actually it's scientific. It's part of our body. Mm. Like we need to look after it. We need to feed it. We need to, you know, nurture it. We need to look after it just like our body. Like if we don't exercise and eat well, we'll be fat and unfit and 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 then sick. Do you also educate in regards to dealing with uh, traumas? Like things Traumas that, are huge, yeah, right? Yeah, so our work's trauma-informed. Um, mm. We don't dip too far into it. So we're education, health promotion, not treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, so if a young person is dealing with a trauma, then we support them in getting the right help with, mm-hmm. with okay. a, a clinician. Um, but we don't do any work in trauma treatment. Okay, so trauma, there's not Childhood trauma is like massive yeah, for that, well, yeah, everything, just, relationships. We'll even look at uh, me. Like I've, For me, I felt like I was the happiest person ever. I've never experienced any sort of ups or downs and then – um, me and my wife had a separation this year and that would be considered a pretty heavy trauma and it, mm. um, for the first time ever I had a, like a period of very small period of time, anxiety attacks, like really down period and I'm an adult who's never been unhappy. Almost, yeah. Well, when I say never, you know, <laughs> not not clinically depressed yeah, or anything yeah, yeah. ever. Yeah. Never felt any sort of income and, towards and that. And you know what? We were working with a family um, and the Luke Tom- Thompson legacy um, on that exact project. So some data we're, that we're seeing that's coming out is up to 80% of male suicides and young male suicides have been within four weeks of a breakup. Wow. So, and this is very early. Like, it's really hard to get data on this because <clears throat> the coroner only releases certain stuff. That and seems so. University of Queensland are starting to research it. But so, young boys just aren't navigating how young, breakups. How young? So, the, the youngest recorded suicide in WA was 10. Um, most start, you know, around 12, 13. It's but getting, you're saying the getting breakups younger, as young. But no, breakup. Yeah, 100%. For so young, that's what's like contributing. It's a huge tipping point for young boys. Yeah. Young girls navigate breakups a lot better. Why? Because girls get around each other, oh, girls talk like about girls it. Girls get around a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, girls actually usually move on faster. Oh, and this is very sure. generally speaking, right? This is this is not everyone. I know from personal experience. Shut up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when we're looking at teenagers and we're looking at 
girls versus boys, boys don't talk about it. Mm. Boys don't tell their mates what's going on. They might go and kick a footy, but usually they process it on their own. Whereas girls will get it all out. And if you don't get stuff out, it starts to fester and it, and it gets worse and that's, worse and worse. That's kind of why one of our aims at this potty is being two dudes that are pretty good at talking about our emotions. Mm. Um, we've, was that here? Yeah, we found that. Uh, yeah, we found that a lot of uh, dudes don't really talk about their emotion, and we got so much feedback in inboxes saying, "Hey, man, like I've been feeling the same way. So glad that you know guys are talking about it. Keep it up, which is awesome." Um, but I didn't realize so many young dudes so identified as uh, their whole identity lies within that relationship with the girl. Yeah, yeah well, because when, when a guy's dating a girl, it's their best friend, their lover, mm. their confidant, their counsellor, their mate. Like, it's yeah. everything in one. And then when she's gone, what do they have? And, I mean, last yeah. year in Australia we had 480 young people suicide. Yeah. And that's huge. Like, that's hey, a, that's we need a, a vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even you know, um, if that yeah. would help this, that's I'd, I'd the invest. One, the, no, the, the one person I know personally – I'm sure I know a few more people because it affects a lot of people. But one person I know personally who's um, had a close family member commit suicide was their brother and she works in the mental health space as well and it was days after a breakup mm. and that was the one thing that really – Yeah, and look – Is that, resi- is that well. resilience again or is that not knowing how to deal uh, with heartbreak or – Well, heartbreaks are really inter- – like, so heartbreak is actually the, the heart changes. It's yeah. a physical pain. You like, feel and it for sure. Yeah, and they've studied this and, and so keep in mind the data I just gave is very – like Fresh. new mm. and it's not like it hasn't been studied deeply enough. We've tried to find some hard evidence on it and it's been really difficult. Um, but yeah, in a lot of families that we've worked with, a lot of, you know, parents that I've, that I've hugged has been their son suicided very soon after a breakup. Mm. So, so yeah, my really advice we should be getting is some kind of message out to teachers at the bare minimum. Well, the young boys, keep an eye out for get, it, get your around mates. your mates. Yeah. Like just show up at their door. Like yeah. if they've just been through a breakup, I certainly like feel that up. message is is beginning to grow. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, uh, I'm seeing it in younger younger generations now that people are far more open to being a bit more. It's like that woke culture, you know, mm. that emotional woke sort of like emotional. Oh man, yeah. it's cool to be like that. Like yeah. I'm seeing that a little bit more in younger. Mm. I feel like probably our age bracket mm-hmm. that was not cool. That was not. No, hundred percent. Def- I think it's definitely getting better. Mm. The openness to be open, but um, and probably because there are people um, who are out there talking about it. Not yeah. like not me and Delby. Obviously, me and Delby try and do it, and we try and be as open and honest as, and raw as possible, um, and try and be an example of what two, you know, grown men can talk about. Um, but I think as people in bigger landscapes and have far more influence talking about it openly as well, which makes it almost cool yeah. to be like that. Well, yeah, when they say see AFL Acceptable. players start talking about their emotions and cry yeah. publicly and you know, yeah, they yeah, start yeah. to go, oh, this is okay. And it's really interesting because <clears throat> girls have been expressing their emotions for years. Mm. Yes. And that's been the norm. But then blokes, if a bloke cries, well, he's a pussy. And like you say, and, it's almost yeah. like it's a way of working through and, mm. and reflecting. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. For, I feel great the, after a good cry. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it, yeah. You know, it gets everything out. A hundred percent. Yeah. I blame um, it on soy milk because there's estrogen in it. So <laughs> if I'm crying watching a movie, I'm like, oh, it's a soy. I feel soy like milk. I was I was very blessed in regards to I was lucky enough to have had prior to me going through my trauma, we'd had Chelsea on that many times. Um, Chelsea's so a relationship counsellor. Relationship counsellor. So I was 
better equipped with a little bit of knowledge of how mm. to deal with certain things. I'd been, you know, in the Buddhist sort of way of thinking for probably eight to ten years. So I, I watched my thoughts, I understood yeah. that, and I could sort of navigate my way through anxiety attacks pretty well, knowing what was happening, yeah. That's trying to point. work through it. But kids certainly don't. They're not equipped with that sort of knowledge. And that's what Zero to Hero teaching, right? Mindfulness yeah. being away. Yeah, and one of our programs is upskilling young leaders to then prevent suicide in their community and it's with the knowledge of, hey, young boys that have just experienced a breakup and are at risk. So then they're leading the charge to then get around them and, mm. yeah, changing that whole culture. It does but- seem so um, <laughs> unresilient that a kid could commit suicide over a breakup. But is that part of the progression over the last 50 years that the lack of resilience in kids through inclusions of things like participation awards and stuff oh, like this? Drawing draw, draw a long bow there. No, no, no. But like, <laughs> participation I'm, not, I'm not saying just participation awards. Like fucking so a hundred different factors like you've listed yeah. already this morning. But uh, yeah, the combination of it all, social media, the whole lot has been – event has, you know, it's made us all less resilient. And is uh, that now becoming a thing where, like, yeah, something as some small suicides. as a breakup with a, a teenage girlfriend is going to cause us to suicide? Um, potentially. However, suicides with young people have always happened and then um, a breakup has always been a trigger, regardless of your age. Um, I think now we're talking about it more, so we're more aware of it. We're measuring it better, um, understanding it better. We're getting, you know, like different we're understanding the triggers of suicide a lot better um yeah but I do think that yeah there's there's definitely a lack of resilience I'm I'm hesitant to say that that's causing the youth suicide because that yeah is a a long time and 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 I certainly don't think that's the cause just just another one of many yeah but there's there's definitely a lack of resilience and therefore young people aren't navigating challenges well so generally could it be one of those things where they feel like their partner is their rock yeah for all the other Mm. issues that kids go through now yeah and then social media um highlights you know when she's out and about or mm. he's out and about and, the so, and then you start and then you start yeah, to ruminate that is right the sting. that's the and then sting. you check their instagram and you, yeah and you can see when they move on or when they're at that party or oh, someone they've worst. just become a facebook friend with so and so and so you then use it whilst well, you're already on vul- story well you're already vulnerable yeah. you're then seeing it and we're just young people just aren't equipped for this kind of Conversation. Teachers are busy. Parents are busy. Most of the time, it's missed. Yeah, most um, of the time. Busyness is that parents a- try to get teachers to be the parent. Yeah, yeah I think um, we're just we're it's an un, like busyness is fueled by us, right? It's yeah. just an unhealthy. I was going to say culture that we're a living in big contribution to mm. even kids, like the busyness. The, oh, hundred percent. Kids schedules. are stressed. Yeah, so yeah, kids are stressed. Let me loop back to how you dealt with your personal experience. What training – I can't remember ever having suicide talks at school. I remember having uh, John Button come in about serial killer, uh, a, a lady come in who lost her kid to drugs. I never remember I think any we had mental pl- health Plenty stuff. of drug No, education. mental health chat wasn't a thing. What did, how did you deal with it? So, yeah, I re- we had Sam Shaw's on who lost her um, dad to suicide as well. And yeah. she, she – from memory, she said he was quite happy and there was absolutely no indication before it happened. Now, she said she wishes she didn't leave. Leave. Before, before, yeah, but um, yeah. What because was your experience? And obviously, it was a massive like shapeshifter for your life path. Yeah, but did you are you applying anything that you've learnt 
or would you have dealt with it completely differently? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah so um, with Graham's, there were some big red flags with Graham's. So um, he had chronic back pain, that he was oh. a carpet layer and – Fuck. Yeah, it scares me. <laughs> well, it scares me because I've got chronic back pain and was a carpet layer. Carry yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I've had five back surgeries. Um, so he had yeah. that for a long time can, and then he was on, it was on painkillers and then he couldn't work for periods of time, which then – you know, started to um, cause financial issues, which caused relationship issues and it all, you know, there wasn't one issue. Mm. It was that triggered that, which triggered that, which mm-hmm. triggered that. Um, but ultimately he first struggled with mental health issues when he was a teenager and it was not dealt with, wasn't diagnosed and he first attempted suicide at 15 and we didn't find out about that until after he passed at 44. Okay. So um, there was 30 years-ish of potential treatment um, and – you know, had I had my time again, I would have made sure he got professional treatment and if that didn't work, I would have found someone else and found mm. someone else. And, you know, I think that's really important as well when dealing with your own mental health is to find what works for you yep. um, and to find whatever your mental health plan or self-care plan is. And if you're seeing a psychologist and you're not feeling better, find a new one. Yeah. Like, you know, if you were going to a personal trainer and you were getting less fit and fatter, you'd <laughs> so find true, a new one, yeah. right? Yeah, people go, I've seen one, didn't yeah, work. Yeah, it didn't work. It's yeah. like, well, you just find a new one. Like, yeah. you don't date one person. If that doesn't work, don't date ever again. That's a great analogy. Yeah, so I think – and it's finding what works. And for some people it is, you know, talk therapy or clinical therapy. For some people it is Buddhism. For some people it's singing bowls and incense Horse and podcasts. Therapy. And, mm. yeah, equine therapy, surf therapy, yoga, mm. mindfulness, meditation, nature walks – just hanging out with friends once a week. Something that makes you feel connected yeah. and create a purpose, hey? Well, yeah. We've had plenty of messages from people who listen to this podcast saying that it's amazing to know that other people have gone through similar mm. feelings. Mm. Um, and that is actually kind of nice in itself, to get those sorts of yeah. messages that they feel connected to you because of – and they feel less We alone. all crave connection. Well, they, yeah. And, and a belonging and a purpose is like three things that I think when I'm – truly happy because I feel connected I feel like I belong and I feel like I'm I'm heading towards something even though like you don't have to always be having a goal like doing something sometimes doing nothing is the doing something but Mm. having those three things is so important Mm. um but something just struck me that you said Ash that you're saying like oh I would have found him this and I would have found him that how much is your responsibility and how much was Graham's responsibility yeah. And how do you stop that, taking on their stuff? And if someone doesn't want the help, what's the go? That's that- interesting because it depends how unwell they are. Mm. So it's interesting because we like, so I now am a suicide prevention trainer through um, a company called Living Works. We do in a, program, a program called Assist. And we talk about when someone is suicidal, they're not in the right frame of mind, mm. right? So you don't then at that point. So if you know they're thinking of suicide, you ask them, are you, are you thinking of suicide? They say yes. You don't, don't then leave them unattended. And so I kind of liken that yeah. to, you know, a football injury. You take mm. a mark, you land incorrectly, your bone's out here, there's blood everywhere. Mm. You don't go, oh, you sort that out, mate. Mm. I'll see you later. Yeah. So I do think yep. that there needs to be a, a shift around understanding of mental health. The difference is you just can't see it when mm. someone's struggling. But if you know they're struggling – you, you know, it, de- it depends, you know, because I understand what you're saying. There has mm. to be healthy boundaries. Mm. Um, and it, you know, completely depends on the situation, what you've done before, what they're doing. Yes, that person needs to do work um, to get better, just like with all of us, we need to, to work to be healthy. Um, but it 
does completely depend on where they are in their journey. And with Graham, he hadn't had any help and he would have needed some help to get help. I can feel like it would be so draining, especially a loved one, like where you're trying your best to help and it's just not getting better or they're not Mm. wanting to help. And that would be the point where you go, fuck, what do I do? Yeah. And that would be where you try and get as much professional help as you can, right? Yeah, definitely. But but you can't force them to see someone or is there some sort of thing you can, can you bring someone to them? What's like? Yes, there's a lot of different. So if someone's suicidal, you Mm. can call Lifeline or, um, you know, go with them to see a a counsellor or psychologist. And Mm. that's, I think the, the key to all of this is starting as early as possible in the mental health journey. Mm. So when you're just feeling a bit off or when someone's just started to withdraw or they're not themselves or... Um, you know, they're going through that challenge or that breakup is see what they need, have them feel empowered during the process, but support them in getting the right help, whether it's clinical or not, right? Um, But yeah, in Graham's case, he needed professional help and that's not what I was offering him. Yeah. And did you feel guilty or like you could have done more or did you blame yourself or like, yeah, how was, was mum still with him at that time or? Um, yeah, they, oh, look, they were um, on and off. Um, they had a, a challenging relationship. Did I feel guilty at first? Yes. But I, you know, I'm now of the understanding that we make the best decisions at the time with mm. the knowledge that we have. And there's no point beating myself up over it. Yeah. Like I have well and truly, I just saw in that there was information I didn't have that would have potentially saved his life and there were skills I didn't have that could have saved his life. And so I made it then my mission to teach as many young people or people full stop and then it moved to young people because that's just smarter, um, you know, to empower them and give them the skills that they could save themselves first and and then save a a fit peer or someone they care about. I always feel quite selfish. I feel like if someone decides to do that, then I have to be okay with saying, well, that was their choice. Like Mm. even if someone tries to blame you for something they're doing, I always go, well, it's never my fault. You're in control of your Mm. actions completely. Whoever you are, I can help you, but I refuse for somebody to blame me. Yeah. Um, But – the last thing um, that I wanted to touch on before cycling back again is a lot of times I hear people feel at the time that that is the only way out to stop and they can't actually think about the illogicalness. They yeah. feel like this is the only way I can stop hurting. So I have to – and that's what makes complete sense. Is that a common theme or well, is that a Yeah, myth? like people think that – are you saying um, sometimes people think suicide is selfish or the no, person, no, the that's, person suicidal that's suicidal thinks that's, thinks that's the only – the only yeah. option they have is to suicide. Yeah. Because that leads on to like are there any myths that you want to bust about it or any like real fake sort of – wife's tales out there that people have about suicide or top five myths or like yeah so i'll start with the suicide selfish because a lot of people think that it is and it's not like Mm. no one that i have met um and even graham and you know a lot of the families that we work with that have lost someone um they suicide from a place of this will end my pain and their pain Mm. so then that comes back to what you're saying is you know people that suicide and not in the right frame of mind to then be considering taking their own life um and i do not believe that suicide happens from a place of maliciousness or i'll get you or you know whatever um i just think that they're you know like understanding that whatever's going on for them is so bad Mm. and they're feeling so in pain that this 
would end that pain or end that the you know range of issues that they're dealing with. But yeah. it's fucking complex, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Well, and Dan, <laughs> have you? I think you've experienced panic attack or like yeah, yeah, anxiety attacks before. Yeah. I remember, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this sort of specific moment, but I remember like on my second or third severe like hyperventilating panic anxiety attack i had this like one moment of like not considering suicide but understanding like fuck if this is how you felt all the time this is so an option this is so i can i could understand this the the reasoning in someone's head that they would want to escape yeah that's that's not how i felt then and there but i understood other people's pain almost yes just Noticing yeah, that look, this was – I knew that this was a temporary five to ten minute little yeah. 30 second, you know, sometimes. Look, but I was like, like fuck, some people might – like yeah. it has to Yeah, and when you're up so against bad. it and when life is really shitty and you can't see a way out mm. and, you know, to question do I want to be here, that's actually quite common. Mm. Like mm. And especially with teenagers, right? Teenage years are, are really hard. So the actual suicide thoughts, it, it, it's something like one in 20 people every two weeks will think of suicide. So it's actually the thoughts are quite high. The action or or acting on that isn't anywhere near as high, thank Mm. goodness. Um, But it's, you know, how do we then navigate someone from thinking about it to, well, no, and and putting a a safe plan in place. Are there any myths you want to bust about mental health or suicide? So Uh, obviously just because somebody doesn't look like they're sad doesn't mean that they're not sad. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So looks can be deceiving. I think also people are on this, under this really strange misconception that mental health problems are are rare and you, you won't get them. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm the perfect example. (laughs) Go to stand up comedy and you'll experience it. It's like literally nearly half our population. So 47% of Australians will experience a mental health problem at some stage in their life. And so much of it is completely out of your own. Yes, there's protective factors and there's things we can do to help protect us against developing a mental health problem but some of it can be genetic some of it can be hormonal so postnatal depression is really common yeah so genetics is a factor but just like it is with diabetes or cancer just because someone has it in your family it doesn't mean you Mm -hmm. definitely get mental health problems it just just means yeah it just means maybe focus on this better. So something like, and you know, I'm a bit fruity, but you know, look at your zinc levels. If you've got mental health issues in your, in your family, look at fish oil because fish oil is essential for brain function. So if your brain is, it's an organ, if it's not working Mm. then, and so zinc will help you balance your serotonin. Shame warned, never had issues. (laughs) So much zinc. The, um, that's an interesting figure, 47%. So if it was, if it flipped to 53%, that means that everyone without a mental health is not normal. Because the majority are crazy, <laughs> which means that we're not crazy. The majority have Careful. mental health, yeah, and the, yeah, and the I minority. Think, and I just think the, the stigma has to stop. And and yeah. fortunately, in my career and in my lifetime, it, it has changed, and the conversation has Massive. changed. Are you, could you imagine when we're in high school, a footy player going, "Oh, I'm not going to play this week because I'm feeling mm. a bit sad." Mm. Everyone be like, what "Or a the gymnast fuck? dropping out because of you know dropping yeah. out of a, a gold medal." Yeah, sport. Yeah. Because uh, you know, but if you're not thinking right or thinking clearly, it becomes a risk. Yeah, hundred mm. um, percent. We love hearing people's journey of doing what they love. So, before everything happened with you, you didn't obviously love preventing suicide, <laughs> right? So you're doing real estate. How did you find when you were like, right, the very first thing you wanted to do? Obviously, you've thought, how can I help others? Mm. And 
your first event, what was it? And did you go, oh, fuck, I like this. Mm. I'm doing something great. Yeah, I think I've always had a bit of – I mean, you remember me in high school. I'd, yeah, you know, student counsellor. Fight for all sorts of injustice, right? Yep. Like I remember a friend complaining to me in high school because her school bag was causing back problems. She had scoliosis. So then I went and surveyed all 800 students, like literally <laughs> surveyed them all because I was on the school board because yeah, every 16-year-old's on the school board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ash was a nerd, bro. She yeah. was a, she was no, a hot, hang on. A hot I was, I was cool a nerd. nerd that partied. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was the perfect balance. Um, yeah. But no, I wasn't Legally really a nerd because I, I didn't study much. Um, hence why I failed ATAR, but that's another, that's another podcast. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, I still went to uni. Oh, yeah. life will go on. Yeah, that's um, a big message for teenagers as well. Yeah. There's not just and one And actually path. more people get into uni now without ATAR yeah. and portfolio entry, but yeah. they won't do that That's for another ATAR. pod. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, so I remember she, yeah, she had scoliosis. So I surveyed all the students because I said to the board we wanted lockers and they said, well, you need to prove it. No one will use the lockers. Um, so then I surveyed everyone. I collated the data. I saw who had scoliosis, blah, blah, blah. So then I'd proved there was an actual like statistical need for lockers That's due great. to back issues and they'd use it and blah, blah, blah. Like if I went to Greenwood, maybe I wouldn't have these back issues now. Yeah, there you Would've go. Had, we, we, we asked for lockers at Wanneroo. I joined the student council specifically so we could get lockers and do cool shit. Every single thing we suggested, nah, can't do it, oh, can't so afford just, it. You've got and to do it I, properly I though, Delby. To do this. And then I changed the uniform policy because it was embarrassing wearing tracksuit track pants to the train station. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but that's what people wear to the train over yeah, when we're teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> FUBU, data. So yeah, I proved it. And then the board said to me, well, now you've got to pay for them. Uh. I was like, oh. So then anyway, we had to we then found Craigie closed. Okay. So then we got their lockers. And so oh. they organized a team of busy bees to install these lockers and we had lockers. So smart. Problem solved. Did so, people use them? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not part of the story. <laughs> um, they were used a it little was, yeah, bit. Yeah, to, the, the, to the, store the bongs that they yeah. learned how to make professionally. <laughs> the students that needed them used them. The problem was we didn't have our periods laid out so yeah. that you could go to your lockers in between classes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it actually became, and they were at one end of the school. Anyway, you totally like shit can my story. I'm sorry, but it was, <laughs> it's, it's a great story. I love it. So yeah, it. I think I've always had that um, sort yeah. of like internal, you know, need to do something that's of good for society. And I used yeah. to teach tap dancing to kids with dis disabilities and things. So I don't know, I've had that. I just didn't quite have what my cause was. Yep. And I also like had a really challenging childhood and really challenging teenage life. And I remember year nine being just like literally my worst year on the planet. Why is that? Well, year mind. nine sucks. Year nine's the worst year to teach. Um, it is the worst statistically. Yeah, and, and there's reasons Because well, all your blockers that. are gone. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's reasons for that from a, you know, um, physical and, and mental, social, all of that. Yeah. Um, but for me personally, I was copying it. Like it was hard at home. My dad had left. Um, my, like, older girls were bullying me because, like, I'm me. And, like, I had death threats. Like, it was just, I had, yeah, it was just not a fun year yep. for me. Um, and then I was also, I've always been loud and outgoing and stand up for what I believe in and that probably wasn't really favoured at my school and mm -hmm. so I kind of didn't know who I was, didn't feel comfortable being who I thought I was and it was a really challenging year and then I found myself having a lot of social pressure and, and stuff like that to then fit in. Then you at Delbs and, and then it was, it was all, all sorted. <laughs> and then I was fine, it was yeah. smooth sailing. 
Um, yeah, so year nine was really hard where I did compromise a lot of my own values and self-respect and integrity and all of that st- fun stuff to fit in and be cool and be liked and be loved and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so then fast forward to losing Graham. Um, like, I don't know, in hindsight it all makes sense, but at the time it was just I need to – I need to, you know, when I lost Graham, I went, I saw what my family went through. I saw the carnage. I saw the division that it created within the family. I saw, like, uh, my natural instinct was we need to tell as many people as possible about this. It feels like if you see there's an injustice, you try to fix it. Yeah. So, like, it well, felt yeah, like an injustice I, had been done to you. Yeah. Well, um, I, and I just saw an injustice for men. Mm. Like, I saw... You know, it's kind of all became very clear and then I heard that seven families go through this every every day, every, so every you know, that's – and, you know, that we're nearly lo- – so suicide's now triple the road toll. Mm. Like it's huge but it was not talked about then. It's a little bit more talked about now but I just went, how can this be such an issue and I've never heard about it? Mm. How can mental health problems be so huge yet I wasn't taught about them in school? Yeah. How did I learn how to play the recorder and learn yeah. algebra yeah. and all this shit? Like algebra, like that's relevant for some careers, not mine. Mm. Like, you know, what you should have been teaching me at school is how do you manage your bass and how yeah, do you – you wouldn't know? give a fuck when you were yeah. in iron about but your like bass. Understanding you know? money, no, understanding yeah, bucketing, like understanding like real you life, you know, how do you create – create an invoice or register an ABN or like mm. actual life skills that have been really handy as a, as a now business person. Mm. Um, but we weren't taught about that because we were taught within this curriculum that was created a long time ago. Yeah, curriculum that, sucks. Yeah, that no longer is relevant, right? Even and things it, like it permaculture and, and stuff yeah. like that. Like, oh, but a, imagine we empowered humans. Too. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> I know, uh, yeah, I, and uh, – Calling out the education system is a cliche of yeah. it's broken, but yeah. There is so, so, you know, so we fixed. just like maybe one day, but so we've got to work within these systems that exist to create change. Yeah. And so, losing Graham, we had a big fundraiser, um, and you drove this. What was the yeah. idea? What was the initial one? Um, so the initial idea was just a fundraise for suicide prevention. Yeah, like it was like, how do I make a difference? Was it I an was, event or was I it was like yeah, a- I was twenty. I went, I'll host a cocktail party. Yeah, like I, I don't know if you remember me in high school, but I could host big parties. Yep. Like I just had a way of. Yeah, I was. I had to kick someone out, which resulted <laughs> in me doing my ATAR exams with a fucking cast on. So <laughs> sorry, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. Yeah, that was fucking so, yeah, awesome. So, it was a great I, night. And I remember. So at twenty, I was like, "What skills do I have?" Well, I'm loud and I can throw a party so I'll just charge people which I I ran out after ball actually so I you know charge people for that so events were kind of natural to me yeah and then it was an event for a cause and the media got wind of my story and then, you know, yeah, it was like, and it was 10 or 12 years ago now and no one was talking about suicide back then. And there was me and my little brother in the West Australian or Sunday times. And, um, you know, it was a photo of us and I was getting people like you guys contacting me, thanking me. I'm now getting help. I lost my so-and-so too. And I think that kind of started to fuel my Mm. passion was a, shit, all I had to do was an interview in the paper and people are now getting help. Mm. And that was 12 years ago. And now I've got like a bank full of young people that I've hugged, that have cried to me, that, you know, are alive 
because of, you know, a program that we've done with them or some conversation we've had. And, you know, they've done the work, but it's an absolute privilege to hold the space that I hold for young people now and to work with the team that do that. And, yeah, so it's kind of was born from one big fundraiser, which was an event, um, cocktail party down at Palais 85, which is next to Coco's, which is now Rambler on Swan. Oh, yeah. Um, had 280 people rock up and we raised 40 grand. Yeah. So like, from oh. that to <laughs> did I see Was that when Chevron? you got Australian of the Year? No, that was way before the awards. So we didn't even hit that. No, eh? so then the next got five minutes. Before so then the go. next, um, the next event after that was a Melbourne Cup event on Melbourne Cup Day at Sea Restaurant. That made a twelve thousand dollar loss. Ooh. So then I at twenty two had to get a personal loan and probably my <sighs> cheapest business. I wish we started with that. That's juicy as fuck. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So then, yeah, it was kind of like a year of who am I, and then you know that then moved into. Um, four years of fundraising, hundreds of thousands of dollars for Lifeline, Suicide Prevention Australia and Youth Focus. And I realised there was so much focus on the pointy end of suicide or the, you know, the crisis point. Yeah. But that was still going to be required, require people to be in crisis to get help. Yeah. And I was like, well, how do we stop people being in crisis? And then I learnt that statistic that I started with, which if we don't start while we're young, and um, there's a quote by Desmond Tutu that rings true for me that I've, you know, used for the last few years is there comes a time when we need to stop pulling bodies out of the river and we need to go upstream and find out why they're falling in. Mm. Um, and for me it's, Was Desmond you know, Tutu a warlord or a peacekeeper? I'm pretty sure he's like a journalist or like a, okay. a writer in don't I'm not don't, I'm just not a, even I going have a to. feeling like Desmond Tutu had something to do with like it's a great quote. I want to I'll fact check before I fact check me. Yeah, now. yeah. No, I, I love I'm, that quote. That's fantastic. But it's and I think that's that's partially the problem, right? Is our society has become a pill for a problem or quick fixes and it's yeah. like, well, hang on, what is the core of this issue? Yeah. Like, so these panic attacks, well, where is that coming from? Let's treat that. Otherwise, we're constantly going to be band-aiding the anxiety or the panic attacks or the <sighs> Yeah, so now we're getting to the juicy stuff. Well, no, well, we'll have to have you back on cuz you got to go. So we'll talk about your Australian of the Year. I want to hear how you got back from your $12,000 loss because most people would just quit and give up right there. So we've got a starting point for the next one if you'd like to come back on at any point. Um, we didn't even hit your, your thing that you just threw, your big – The um, Chevron thing. Yeah, the big yeah. ball. Yeah. So on the we'll, bowl. Yeah, we'll save well, that. So what was – and uh, yeah, you, you – Oh, no, yeah, Chevron. We'll have to I just seen Chevron. Yeah, so we just um, we just joined with Chevron on a three-year partnership for $1.5 So that's to support 30,000 students through the Tough Stuff program, which is that running program because that's cool um, yeah. and it's working. And then a program called Compassionate Communities. So it's using compassion focus therapy in high schools in a 12-month program to increase compassion and empathy for self and for others. Because um, right now, if there's anything we need need in this society, it's some compassion and some mm. empathy and understanding that we don't all think the same, we don't all feel the same, and we need to get interested in why someone feels the other way, not, you know, hold these opinions we have as our truth. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, start to get interested in, you know, why people feel that way so we can we can move on and... Very transform as humans. Creating yeah. an open dialogue. That yeah. is such a fucking good way to end the episode. Yeah. And I definitely want to get you back on because yeah, yeah, cool. I, <laughs> I literally have just li- sat here and listened and really yeah. taken a bit in. It's been I've our re- most informative one for, really for quite a while. Has it? Yeah, it's only yeah. been so a usually, we, usually we've got a lot to say, but today we've, we've listened quite a lot. I've, uh, I've 
Yeah, I definitely want to get you back on. But uh, thank you I'm so much. I'm bloody proud of you, man. It's really good. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Who would have thought? Yeah, no, uh, year 12 always, ball date. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> always knew <laughs> you were destined. <laughs> hard yarn podcast. That's it. Maybe well, me and Jared, we always knew you were destined for big things. You've always been well spoken. And I'm you fucking, mean talk shit? No, no. <laughs> bloody proud of you. Well, really um, good. maybe there's something we can do, um, like organise a thing where we help with the charity. Well, we need we to give donate. half the money to um, Robbo to get him to Dakar. <laughs> Yeah, so we're saying, trying to raise money for yeah, too many people. The other, the other half to um, yeah. uh, Mick Gledhill for the um, RSL. And then the other half to me and you. Yeah. <laughs> so we could yeah. like we're quit clients. our jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, um, yeah awesome. We're going to sort out, we're gonna have to sort a funnel where we- Well, if I do that 80 kilometre run again this year, I'll donate the money instead of Beyond Blue. I'll donate it to or we you can guys. Split it. Can't you just monetize the podcast? That's well, the plan. That's what we we just. Yeah. Sorry. Does Zero to Hero want to come on board and we'll Sorry, get him straight should back? I, should I, I don't know. I think you guys are a bit too contentious for uh, our brand. Listeners, uh, be ready because <laughs> Patreon's coming up. We've got some yeah, other stuff. You're going to. Yeah. 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 Mm, but uh, yeah, again, thank you so Thanks, much hey. for coming on. Thank you for having me. Legend. And uh, we'll definitely get back on. Beautiful. Sure. Welcome to Hard Yarns Podcast. I am fucking fat. <laughs> Anything Chris White says, please. <laughs> Disregarded. 5D is actually a state of being. It's a unity consciousness. That was Hard Yarns with me, Frankie Rose. So I'm going to throw it over to your co-hosts. Daniel Jelby and Cameron Branch. I would do this and then I'd gong. <laughs> Free in attendance for the millions listening at home. <laughs> Let's get hard.